Hello, hello. It's me, Anna Jensen. Is that you? Yes, it's me. Oh my god. We're both having LaCroix. Um, I believe it's pronounced LaCroix. Okay, okay, okay. You can just go be French on me then. LaCroix. Well, I'm pretty sure that they are from the French Quarter. Yeah, it's true. And I am just back from the French Quarter and had a great vacation. So today we're going to touch on what I saw right before I, literally right before I left on my literally. vacay. Um, the Rodeo, the big, the big highlight of Fiesta. Viva la Fiesta. Viva la Fiesta. And then we have an actual performance on, this is a first for our podcast. This is a first, hopefully not a last. Hopefully I'm not a last. Very excited. Uh, from the current On the Verge Theater Festival here in town these last couple of weeks, we have one of the shorts from the summer shorts, Peanut Butter Jelly Bagel Cream Cheese, a play about the brain, uh, written and performed here today by Lindsay Twig and Danielle Draper. Yes, let's get to it. Awesome. So we have a pretty expansive definition of performance, don't we, Maggie? I'm willing to consider quite a few different types of Mm -hmm. performance, Mm -hmm. theatrical Mm -hmm. in air quotes. Theatrical in air quotes, yeah. So we saw something that was definitely structured for our pleasure, our entertainment, visual, sort of sensory, live pleasure, and that was... Part of Fiesta, the Rodeo. The fabulous Santa Barbara Rodeo. Yes, at the Earl Warren Showgrounds. Yes. So we need to tell people, we need to we need to figure this out. Because people have given you flack for, for going there, for liking it. Yeah, I, I think people don't understand what the Rodeo is about. Yeah. And I think people assume that it's it has something to do with the... Uh, I think they worry about the animals, yeah. but I don't, I think that it's all based in skills that people use for ranching. Definitely. So, you know, none of the animals are in distress, really. I mean, you have to learn how to rope, rope a calf to give it medical treatment, etc. So a lot of the sure. things that we're seeing at the Rodeo. Yeah, those are, were trained animals. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of like that relationship between people and animals at yes. work. People. High levels of skill. So we watched Team Penning. We watched Bronco. Bronco. With two with, and one hand. With the saddle and without the saddle. Oh, yes. So there's riding the, the Bronco, which is a pissed off horse, really? essentially. Yeah, well, it right. doesn't want anyone on it. Yeah, it doesn't want to be t- It doesn't like, want to be touched. Because there's nothing natural about having a human on your back. Well, especially when it's sitting in like a big ass seat. That they have yeah. fit to your yeah, body. Yeah, like what was that? Yeah. So what was that about? There's with the saddle, without the saddle, and there's the bull riding. Right. And then there's... Also frightening. Yeah, right. And then... <laughs> and then there's various uh, team, various ways that people show off their, roping. like... Calf roping, their horsemanship skills. Yeah. There's one that I missed that I would like to see next year, which is people um, interacting in, with their trained dogs to oh, do... Yeah. Yeah. Herding. Herding of the calves, etc. That, that is cool. Yeah. And um, but our favorite, 
Mutton busting. Mutton busting. I mean, you can't, you can't, you you can't, can't get better than mutton busting. There's no better drama out there. There really isn't. I mean, that that is real emotion. So people may not know what mutton busting is. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's a sheep. There's a massive sheep. I mean, the sheep itself isn't massive, but no. it's so furry. It's, yeah, it's unshorn. Non unshorn. So just it's a, fluffy. It's a big cloud. Totally puffy, fluffy, like a cotton ball that With just legs. kept growing <laughs> and sprouted <laughs> legs. And, and you take this sheep and you put a small child on it yeah. and then they hold onto the fur and then it runs across the or arena. Or they don't. Or, or they or don't they hold don't. on. And, yes. <laughs> and then they come Sometimes off. Sometimes they just fall off pretty immediately, but yeah. some of them hold on pretty tight. And yeah. they're like, they slide down and they're hanging off the side right. of the sheep and the right. sheep is running. The crowd goes wild. The cr- well, that's a thing. It sort of looks like the Bronco busting, but it's... Miniature. Is, it's miniature. It's so tiny. it's all the pleasures of miniatureness. <laughs> and, and that sense that do these kids really even know what they're doing? Because they're not, they're young. Yeah, they're young. They're like four years old. They're like four, four or five I years old. Think, and I think some of those mutton moms might be slipping yeah. in. Slipping in some, some young kids. Some sketchy birth certificates or something in there. Because some of those kids look pretty <laughs> Pretty young. small. Pretty tiny. And I don't know if that would be a benefit to mutton busting. Like, do you think you would be a better uh, mutton buster if you were uh, smaller? Like a gymnast? No. Or if you're bigger, big enough to more oh, fully straddle to, to your body. No, I think the physics is almost irrelevant. What you need is a will, a will to live, a will to stay on, <laughs> a will to bust. Yeah, you must grasp. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think it's a lot of like thigh strength, and yeah, I think and it's a lot just of just like like, like fist know, strength. Yeah, just you gotta just grab that, grab the wall, and just. Stay on tiny little childish fists of fury. Yes. So and so the hard part. I think the real athleticism is going on behind the stage where the moms convince the kids (laughs) to get on the sheep because they got to take them and pass them off to some guy, some man who's working the event who they've never met before. They've never met before. Some guy with a hat (laughs) picks them up and puts them over this big metal thing into this cage where this sheep is like. Stamping like, and getting upset, and then yeah. they're like, "Hold on!" <laughs> well, we'd really, what we'd really like is for you to sit on this sheep and just—it'll all be over on. in a second. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. The pictures will be fabulous. Everybody will cheer for you. <laughs> that's that's the line they use so, a lot. Don't you want everybody to be cheering for you? And the kids are like, "I mean, I guess, but like, I don't, I don't know uh, if it's worth it." I know it's like, well, it's like when you watch Ring Bearers or Flower Girls or people seeing Santa for the first time. Mutton busting's right up there. It's right up there. And then they can grow up and be cowboys and 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 take the helmet off and right and because you do have to wear a helmet to bust mutton. You do, and and but not protective not actually re- torso gear. Too. Yes, a small vest. We'll do it for right, you. Right, right. But they look, they look like um, the Michelin Man kind of yeah, when they, they go out there, <laughs> and they're so dehumanified that 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 the, the, the some of them are wearing these tutu skirts to kind of <laughs> signify that they're female. female. Yeah, but it's just kind of <laughs> sticking out I, I from the like, vest and kind of I, lost I in know, the fur. Like just, they kind of sink into the wool. Yeah, they do. So it's kind of just like this 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 figure clutching so we enjoy desperately. That. So. Yeah, so I'm big into mutton busting. We were, we we both really enjoyed the mutton busting. It was a highlight. Is it a guilty pleasure? Guilty (sighs) 
Yeah. I don't feel guilty about you it. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't feel guilty at all. Um, in just the first time, in Shakespeare's time, they were watching much worse. They were watching the bear baiting. The bear baiting, the shows. right? That's so, way worse. I think it's way worse. Yeah, oh, because yeah. you're someone picking dies. a I mean, fight an with a bear. Dies. That's not an cool. Why dies. are you picking a fight with that bear? Wolves and the bear, chickens and other terrible. Chi- I don't know. Yeah, the sheep doesn't die in this. It's no. not even a mutton sheep. It's a wool sheep. There's two types of sheep, apparently. Oh, I think there are more than two types oh, okay. of sheep. Well, see, I don't. I'm and not. It, a, by the I'm way, not it's not expert. sheeps with an S. It's just sheep. <laughs> sheep is the plural of sheep. <laughs> Okay, all right. All right. All fish right. or fishes? Right. Well, fish. Fish, fish, fish. Oh, okay. F- all right. F- fishes, plural? Fishes? As in I like, think only if it's 1520 what if am you I going to say fishes. <laughs> what if you have several types of, I guess that still is fish. Fish. Yeah. We can uh, review this later. Okay. We can do a this little is, grammar let's put, review a, let's put a pin in this. <laughs> Undo theater. Undo theater. And now, for your listening pleasure, we will be presenting Peanut Butter Jelly Bagel Cream Cheese, a play about the brain, written and performed by Lindsay Twig and Daniel Draper. Charming. Intelligent. Stunning. Nice. Nice? Nice. Nice. Good. Emotionally available. Balance. ESTP. How is that a good thing? So he's a bit of a scatterbrain. At least we have the T and the P in common. Exactly. Okay, he is a viable human being. I told you so. He is a charming, intelligent, nice, balanced human being. That's not exactly our type. We have a type? You said it yourself. What did I say? (gasps) Oh. Emotionally damaged arty boys with commitment issues. Oh, hey. You know it's true. Let's stop talking about this. Great idea. So here's today's to-do list. Do I have to do life today? Yes. We haven't done laundry in three weeks. We should really it's think about time. redecorating. Groceries. What should I wear Email today? that thing to the boss. Go to therapy. Reprint our headshots. Screw laundry. Let's watch Netflix. And call mom. Can we just journal today? We can go get coffee and stare at all the tourists on State Street. You're hopeless. So if you haven't caught on yet... I'm left brain, and this is right brain. Hi, guys. She's a bit emotional. I'm always emotional. I'm supposed to be emotional. Quite right. As I was saying, she's the emotional one. I'm the rational one. She's the impulse. I'm the reason. Creativity, strategy, passion, analysis. We work pretty well together. She's the Photoshop to my Excel, the heart to my head, the director to my stage manager, peanut butter, jelly, bagel, cream cheese. Except when it comes to one thing. Boys! Love. Boys are pretty. And as you can tell, one has entered the picture. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. So we got his phone number. We got his phone number? That's a good start. I suppose that officially makes us friends. Check. This is momentous. We should celebrate. Let's go buy ice cream. Oh, calm down. It's just a phone number. I can text him. No, 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 no. You must wait the customary 24 hours before you are allowed to text him. What should I wear today? Something that says, I am the cute female friend that looks like your girlfriend, but is clearly still just a friend. That was surprisingly helpful. <gasps> oh my god, he liked our post on Instagram. That's not impressive. Text. What are you doing? He is taking interest in me. Male friends! Oh joy. He is taking interest in me. 
I really enjoy our conversations, darling. He called me darling. That's new. I am an intelligent human being. Of course he enjoys them. Oh, my tender heart. Facebook status. Dinner with this wonderful human. She's the best. He values my presence. At least he didn't say gem. God, he is such a white girl. Text. Can I tell you a secret? I feel so loved. I am honored to hold his secrets. We have progressed to the level of friendship where secrets are practically required. Text. You're an enigma. You're an enigma. I... I... Perhaps uh, the best compliment I've ever received. I am taken. I feel a hole in my heart swelling, expanding. Text. I love you. Yeah. Of course, only as a friend, right? Right? I mean, what if... What if what? What if... No, 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 what, what no, if, what no, if, what no, if, what if, what if, We cannot afford to think like this. You're right. The probability of this being true is a million to one, right? Oh, God. What? Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? 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 Waiter, I'd like to order a panic attack. Yes, with a side of hysteria. Actually, make that too. Excellent. Thank you. What is going on with you? We have feelings for him. Oh. I knew that. Oh, oh shit. shit. I'm an emotional creature, of course. I have feelings. I'm supposed to have feelings. That is my job. Feelings. Nope. Not my department. Not my department. Do not compute. Do not compute. 404 not found. I am a logical, rational person. I am imploding with love right now. That hole, that beautiful, beautiful hole in my heart is nothing but love. I am in love. This is glorious new territory. He obviously doesn't have feelings for me. Obviously. Holy shit. I have feelings. Okay. Okay. This is feelings mode. This is my feelings dress. I, can, I cannot be in love. Love is an obstacle that affects my entire life. Friendship must be preserved at all costs. Cut it out. Love must be cut out at all costs. We should quit our job and move to the Montana wilderness. Dance with the wolves. She would enjoy that, right? Lefty! Just, it's my job to be emotional. Just calm down and work this out, uh, uh, logically. Logic, right? I can do that. Yes, yes you can. Well... You start most of the conversations with him, and I prevent you from doing something that we will regret. Like, you know, jumping him on the couch, which you almost did, had it not been for me, even though he clearly thinks we're just friends. But then I think that he's leading us on, and then you blow that out of proportion, which scares the shit out of me, because then I have to deal with all the impending consequences if this is true. But we're both not going to deal with that right now, because you're too panicked about falling for what I have termed our perfectly destructive type, which means we are not allowed to fall for this person, because it would rain destruction on the both of us, even though he's a perfectly nice person. We clearly have feelings for him. Well, I thought that was obvious. You've lost sleep over this, haven't you? Yes. While you were crying yourself to sleep, I was racking my half of our brain to find a reason we should have feelings, and I got nothing. Oh, well, she's right. It's the rescuer's complex. I don't think I even want to be loved. I just want to give all of my love. I want to kiss his face and tell him it's going to be okay, and then I hate myself for sounding so cliche, but it's true. I want to touch depths that no one else has touched. I want him to know that he is so unbelievably loved, and then I want to write poetry. There is poetry exploding from my body, escaping into the ether. I am terrified. I am so terrified that he will notice. 
My skin lights on fire every time I see him. And when I go home, I cry because I cannot bear to let him see me like this. Euphoric. And then I want him. I want him to light my skin on fire. I want to feel his lips against mine. And then I hate my own skin for being all too honest with me. So I stamp it all down and I put on my big girl panties because I am too fucking scared of what would happen if he finds out that I'm head over heels in love with. Unrequited love's a bitch. It's terrible. I feel like I'm constantly in overdrive. It's exhausting. I have cried a constant stream of tears since the beginning of this. And all these terrible songs keep playing on the radio. Oh, oh, oh! Like... I came in like the... Okay, or... I'm in love with your body Everything is covering something Oh, stop! No, no, no! Okay, well, what about... Stop it! Stop! Really? (sighs) These are sickening. Accurate. It really does make me sick. Oh, oh, really? No, seriously, it does! Um, righty. You know, I wonder if he cares in the same way we do. Well, we haven't exactly asked. My heart swells every time I think about him. And then I begin to sweat. We sweat all the time. Do you think he knows? No. But you did drunk kiss him. Oh, fuck. Why? Why, Lefty? Why did we do that? We? What do you mean, we? I was inhibited. Had I been in my right mind, oh, sorry, should I say left? This would not have happened. In my defense, he did kiss me back. Because he was drunk. Well, excuse me for getting a little horny sometimes. What about the time he said, I love you? Over a text. Multiple times. It's a text. It is a postmodern truth universally acknowledged that you cannot emotionally read into a text. Hand holding during that crappy movie. What about it? Touch is our first love language. Yeah, but it's also his. Exactly. It is a postmodern truth universally acknowledged that hand holding is a sign of emotional connection. Yeah, but what about- Nope. Rebuttal denied. Okay, but what about- You know, and that thing, that thing he does with nobody else except when he's with us? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought so. So? So, uh, let me hear you say it. No. Let me hear you say it. We think he has feeling for us. I'm sorry, what was that? We think he has feelings for us. One more time for the people in the back. We think he has feelings for us. Excellent, let's tell him. Wait, what? No, 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 no. If P, then Q. Not if P, then let's tell him. We can, I don't know, write him a letter or take him out to lunch. You're not taking him out to lunch. Well, what do we have to lose? Your best friend. Right. But actually, we should tell him. What? He's our best friend. We need to be honest with him. He trusted us with his. Let's trust him with ours. Oh, my God. Uh, uh. Mm. Oh. Oh. Mm. So I need to be honest with you because I've been miserable for months and I think it's important to tell you because you are my closest friend and I love you dearly. But that's the problem because I love you. 
Like, I actually love you. And I hate the fact that I do because you are my best friend and best friends don't fall for each other. And I would hate, I would hate to lose our friendship over the fact that I have feelings for you. But it's true. And you deserve to know that. That felt good, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Oh, God, what if it was terrible? I think we're reasonably well put together. I almost started crying. Right. Okay. okay. I, I understand. understand. I'm fine. I'm not fine. Nope, nope, not fine either. That was a disaster. <sighs> we're alone. We've been single all along. No, but we're alone. I've never noticed that. There's all this empty space, like a vacuum. What do I do with this? Laundry, work, friends. Absence racks my body. Three doubles and two auditions. I'm alone. Job interview next week. Must update resume. And he? He gets to continue life as usual. Must buy groceries. He has no idea that I'm in pain. Must plan next week. No fucking idea. The world is at his fingertips and I am left to watch. We don't even text anymore. Probably scared to shit of me. Asshole. Must move on with life. I don't want to move on. Hey, do you mind? I am trying to move on with our life. Well, I don't want to. We did the thing. Let's go. I want to wallow in my pain. No, screw that. I am going to wallow in my pain. Well, that makes no sense. It's not supposed to make sense. I don't want to move on. Can't you see that? But he's gone. So you can move on. No, we wanted to be friends. And now, we're not friends. Well... That was bound to happen. Can't you just give me some space? How much space? I don't know. Just do your thing and I'll catch up eventually. (sighs) Laundry, work, rehearsal, repeat. Laundry, work, rehearsal, repeat. Appointment, 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 work, appointment, repeat. He's probably found somebody by now. Probably. Probably. I'm not ready to think about that. Laundry, work, rehearsal, repeat, laundry. I wonder if we did anything wrong. What does it matter? Well, what if we hadn't told him? Do you think we'd still be friends right now? Do you think we'd still be talking? You know what? I am exhausted. I am tired of caring. What if I hadn't flirted with him three years ago? What if we didn't drunk kiss him? I can't do this right now. What now? I am empty. I have exhausted all my caring, and the worst part is is that there is no one to pour that back into me. I mean, what am I supposed to do with all of these secrets, all of these beautiful moments we've shared? Am I supposed to just carry them around knowing that he probably doesn't even give a shit? Have I not already articulated to you that this is extremely painful for me? You're right. We should move on. Well, you finally fucking caught up. Yeah, well, I want answers. Well, I can't even. We need a plan. I have a plan. Let's write a letter. We will move on and never see him again and never get any answers. Brilliant. It'll be... Oh, what do you call it? Cathartic. Since when have you ever wanted to do anything that was even remotely cathartic? Sometimes the... Oh God. Sometimes the logical decision is the emotional one. <sighs> oh, I am so using that against you. Okay, fine. It's going to hurt you. Yeah, and I'll probably drive you crazy. Huh, probably. I'm not making any promises. I'm not ready. 
Me neither, but it's what we should be doing. All right. Let's try. Let's try. Sometimes I wonder why I experience such a beautiful friendship to only have it end in utter disaster. I only wish you a staggeringly beautiful love story. Our friendship was full of honesty, chaos, and discovery. Someday, you'll have the luxury of meeting a beautiful someone. We revealed our true selves, and now I'm more comfortable displaying who I really am. And her brilliance will inspire you. For that, I want to thank you. And she will touch you in depths that no one else has been privileged to. Despite the unavoidable consequences of my honesty overwhelming you, chasing you away, and leaving me with a million unanswered questions. And you will tell her all the things you never told me. I am no longer burdened by the weight of what you left. She will ravish you. I believe that. You only need be brave. But I can still acknowledge how the positives of our time together outweigh the confusion of its conclusion. My only wish is that you take a page from my book and you never, ever leave a woman stranded. This is the goodbye to our friendship. You are covered in prayer. And it's also me admitting that I will not spend another second thinking what could have been. I wish you well, my darling. That was Peanut Butter Jelly Bagel Cream Cheese, a play about the brain, written and performed by Lindsay Twig and Danielle Draper, whom we have here with us. Hello, ladies. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in and performing your piece for us. That was great. That's uh, fun. Thank, thank you. That, that, was, that was really fun. It was really <laughs> I've weird. never done That's a radio so play before. Yeah, how's your experience <laughs> reading it at each other? Not. Mm. I mean, I think I still... Felt the energy, but I could like hear Danielle's voice like changing or pulling back or something like that. And I'm like, I'm gonna blow out this mic. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so this piece is one of the two shorts that is in the current On the Verge Fest. Where did you guys get hooked up with Kate? That's a very good yeah. question. Kate Bergstrom from yeah. On the Verge, who was the artistic director, one of the executive people in On the Verge. Um, it happened. Yeah, it just happened last year. Um, we, our friend Donald Churchlet was like, hey, I know this really cool lady named Kate who you should meet. And so we got connected and helped with, we helped with these walls and um, yeah, that's kind of just how we jumped in last year. and Yeah, sort of just like along for the ride a bit, you know, like, oh, who are these people and what are they doing? <laughs> oh, we like what they're doing. So... Well, we're, we're, we're just here. They're a very like, magnetic bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say yeah, that. I they did, do tend to... It was a lot of errand running on oh, okay. my part. I mean, I was a, <laughs> I was a dramaturg slash assistant director, but I also distinctly remember running around trying to find a toilet <laughs> for a set. Um, <laughs> tried to find all the free Craigslist toilets. And, How many are there? Uh, yeah. uh, there were probably three or four. <laughs> Wow. Uh, in various sketchy locations in Santa Barbara. Uh, and what was the pricing on this? I'm, I'm free. For a Those friend. Those were the free ones. Oh, uh, they <laughs> oh were they're the, free. They were the yeah. free ones, but yeah. I actually, I did not end up getting a free toilet off of Craigslist. I went to the Habitat for Humanity Restore. Mm. Oh, okay. And, uh, and yeah. 
borrowed a toilet. <laughs> These are the details. <laughs> These are the details of theatrical production that people don't think about. Sometimes yeah. you gotta get a free like, sometimes toilet. Sometimes you gotta get a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about the genesis of this play. Where did you guys start working on this? How did it evolve? Mm. It all started at Westmont. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> like most things um, we've done. Um, this happened, um, so Westmont College, they do a fringe festival where it's student-run, student-produced pieces, and it's, you know, dance pieces, short theater plays, longer senior projects, um, kind of anything. And um, I just remember Lindsay was in England on a study abroad program in the fall, and I reached out to her, and I was like, I've got this idea. I think I want paint involved, (laughs) but I just, I want to... I want to talk about love and falling out of it because I'd done been hurt and I want to talk about it. (laughs) And I was just like, I think I want to like paint with my feet, like, and just like have like, like, I don't know, like butcher paper on the floor and paint and like, just like do dance with, and I don't know. Mm. And then I don't even know when the moment was, but. And then I think we realized that like paint is messy. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to do this in a space that wouldn't be very good with paint so we're like okay then let's just write a play and this is uh because kind of the first moment for us when we're like oh we can do things together and we're funny and people like us oh yeah i need to be reminded that i'm funny yeah constantly (laughs) this play reminds me that i am that that i can be funny yeah (laughs) so how do you write together was it like that's a kind of Difficult. There's a lot of um, a lot of trips to IHOP. A lot of trips uh, to IHOP. A lot of uh, sitting on Danielle's porch with tea and or a cigar, uh, <laughs> with a laptop, and then we just sort of like bounce lines off of each other. And whatever we thought worked, I would mm. like scribble down, mm-hmm. and then we'd sort of just like you know outline the play and mm-hmm. then fill in details later. Or but we would just talk through it. Yeah. yeah. And somebody would always have a laptop or a notebook, which was. Uh, a tedious process, but it was it was really fun. There are a couple like couple one liners where it's like we don't know how that line's gonna fit in, but it just it needs to stay in somehow. Like the yeah. if P then Q line. If P then, then Q. Oh my god, we just we break every time we're in rehearsal. <laughs> we we every time we have a bad habit of never actually doing a full run until opening night. Oh. Even in dress rehearsal, we'll just we'll, we'll break. break or like. My favorite story is when we did dress rehearsal for the first time at Westmont. And Lindsay's supposed to smack me across the face in order to get left brain to calm down. And Lindsay smacked me just a little too hard. Like, oh, no. I oh, actually no. smacked her in the heat of the moment. <laughs> and I actually, like, I gasped. And I kind of just, like, apparently I got a look on my face like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, like, me, like, being, like, I just, I broke and just like doubled over and there were a few people that were you know we invited to watch and they just everyone lost it this is the best play ever yeah everyone <laughs> lost it yeah. well i love the piece it's a lot of fun how did you guys decide who gets to be right brain and who gets to be left brain oh i think that was pretty that was obvious pretty easy. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you guys both did a good job. Were, of were those that. the voices that you also wrote primarily? Or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, um, yeah. We. I mean, that's been a joke in our friendship for a while too. Is I'm definitely the the more logical of the two, but mm. she gets me I mean, out of my shell and makes me do crazy things. So. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. Well, other than this piece that you have in the On the Verge Festival currently, I know that you guys are also working on getting your other place, Center Saint, into some festivals and maybe having it, uh, performing it again in Santa Barbara. Are you, I love Center Saint, by the way, India Award winning Center Saint. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> thank, thank, you, thank you very much. <laughs> well, no, it's I, a great I don't know that play. What's it, what's it about? What's it like? Give us the plug. Uh, plug. Oh, God. I don't, do I even have an elevator speech? Well, it was our senior project at Westmont. We knew we wanted to do a show together. Mm. Um, and we both ended up writing one woman shows about the sort of intersection of Christian and LGBTQ identities. And we realized we could kind of like smush the two shows together. And that became this mm. show, Sinner Saint. <laughs> so did that become one? Is it a two character piece or is it one did you the way you smushed it together did it end up being a a one person show or no it's it's two completely separate storylines um and then they're sort of just like intertwined and we ended up writing some sort of vaguely greek creation myths uh to sort of um understand or or try to explore like the mythologies and like the problems that we were working Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. um and that became the show yeah, that's cool. Yeah, if you um, get a chance, listeners, definitely watch for this one. It's um, a really beautiful piece, I think. And when I saw that, well, I had seen you guys at Westmont, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. liked watching you, so I took an interest. And so then when you did Center Saint, <laughs> I was really excited because I was not expecting what I got, which was just such a beautiful piece of mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that you guys are going to travel that one around yeah. and keep performing it because it's an important and really timely message. Yeah. There's, um, you know, this issue of of being on the, you know, within the LGBTQIA, mm-hmm. a million letters community, um, but also being part of the Christian faith that I think sometimes, you know, it, it definitely is a, a tough thing it's for a very, people to go through that. It's a very niche uh, subject. It's not a very sexy subject, but it needs to be talked about. And I don't mm. think a lot of people realize that there are people of faith that don't want to leave their that are LGBTQIA and don't want to leave the community. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, I'm writing from the point of view of someone who's bisexual and also a Christian. It's like it was a story I knew I needed to, needed to tell my Westmont community at the time. It was like I need to leave Westmont having told the story because I know there are people like me in the Westmont community that can't are still struggling and haven't come to terms with both sides yeah so for me it was just kind of like i just need to do this for my community and then it turned into something so much more because it's like oh this isn't just for my small little college community it's for um both the christian community and the lgbt community Mm because when we did it um after we graduated we did it again sort of around pride um, some people from the Santa Barbara community came that I had never met before and who just came up to us afterwards and said, thank you. You know, I've, that's something I've been struggling with for 40 years and I've never been able to come mm. to terms with it. And you just sort of, you know, shine a different light on it for me. So it's like moments like those that make me really happy that we, mm-hmm. you know, had the courage to do it at Westmont mm-hmm. and then took it outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for, us just to uh, if no one else saw it just to like make these statements to our community and like even like for me for my parents um i i grew up in a family that doesn't affirm the lgbtq community and it was important for me to come like to to tell these stories 
with from a point of view of empathy that's not bashing my own family over the head because mm. that doesn't get us anywhere that's not productive um so to have a piece that comes at it you know gently with empathy and honesty i think um was important to me mm-hmm. yeah does this um i noticed some maybe suggestive similarities between these two pieces like there was kind of a dichotomy in the left brain, right brain, and then, um, well, peanut butter, jelly, cream cheese—two <laughs> two kind of different thoughts. But but also the idea of sinner and saint as, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how you reconcile things that are perhaps seen to be in in opposition together so, and, and then then there are two of you mm. and there's there's a, there's a lot of it's kind a good of twinning and yeah. yeah i've never thought about it like that no, <laughs> i think we're onto something here <laughs> <laughs> well what do you guys have uh in the future any plans any other writing projects that you yeah. guys are collaborating on anything in the oven well, we're we're currently brainstorming our new uh, a new play. Mm. Uh, I mean, trying to get Center Saint into festivals, obviously. Mm-hmm. As um, so, maybe you'll see us in a fringe in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to do you want to pitch that idea? That my <laughs> just my far fetched my far fetched uh, yeah, Hamlet yeah. idea. Go, oh, okay. Go for it. Oh, my far fetched Hamlet idea is that I want. Oh, I so badly want to play Hamlet in my lifetime. Um, mm. I really want a like. The play to start and the cast is on stage the stage manager runs up and goes all of the male actors are sick and aren't coming to opening <laughs> night ladies step up and so all of the women have to play all of the roles and then you get the interaction of like the backstage with the you know poor yeah. assistant stage manager the stage manager the director <laughs> the te- the lighting designer who's just like i'm over this and like all those fun, like, because I'm a techie too, so I love. I would love to write a techie play one day. And oh, that is, that is fun. That's yeah. we need a good techie, play. right? Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. And yeah. this is this is how people will start understanding the plight of the oh, backstage worker. Right? They'll exactly. <laughs> they'll never get it. They'll the never poor understand. wardrobe assistant. <laughs> it's the hardest easy job I think anyone has ever had. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh well, that sounds fascinating. I would be on board for that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's make it happen. I know, right? I mean, yeah. that's like with two T's and an E at the end. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So I think it's time for another IHOP trip. Sounds like an omelet. <laughs> well, Hamlet already sounds like an omelet. Omelet. Right. Sorry. Isn't that like Veggie Tales? There's, there's definitely a spoof of I Hamlet is, that's yeah. called Omelet. <laughs> That's a little, a little animated short. Well, it's probably been working omelet. its way through yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it, inspired by VeggieTales. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you ladies so much for stopping by yes. and yeah, doing your you. performance so of yeah. peanut butter jelly bagel cream cheese. Yep, Woo-hoo. there you for go, us. you got it. That was fantastic and a lot of fun. And thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. This was, this was great. Thanks for having us. The lovely Lindsay Twig and Danielle Draper. Thanks, guys. So back to the boards. Should we go back to to the 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 traditional theater space? Our traditional theater space. What's coming up in Santa Barbara? Well, 
uh, August up in PCPA. They're doing Twelfth Night. That's right. It's going to start up. So a little Shakespeare. A little Shakespeare. End of summer Shakespeare. That'll be yeah, nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good times. Yeah. Twelfth Night is... I, I know how you stand on King Lear. <laughs> um, probably if you wanted to get under my skin with Shakespeare, it would definitely be some of the comedies. But not Twelfth oh. Night. Twelfth Night is, is safe. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's not like comedy of errors. (gasps) So, no, that'll be fun. Right? (laughs) I think that'll be. I think that will be a pleasurable Shakespearean And Newsies is still playing, and we're planning on seeing it. I would like to see that. I'm very excited about that. I'm always really interested to see productions that have a bunch of children in them that are like high quality and pcba is high quality because it's you just you're like this is incredible like they're gonna have actual young people or will they just i mean they have have to sort of be young like you can't put a bunch of like 40 year olds out there like a bunch of middle-aged newsies (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think they have to like the tom brokaw edition Okay, I take it back. I would watch that. I would yeah. do that. <laughs> okay. All right. So Newsies. And then, oh, at Center Stage. At Center Stage. what It's called A Walk. A Walk in the Woods. A Walk in the Woods. I keep wanting to say A Walk to Remember, and then I remember, a that's, remember. A, that's a Mandy Moore movie. So right. This is like the Philadelphia, Philadelphia story. I know, right? Again. People are like, what's what's this play about? And I'm like, well, it's it's Bill Waxman and Ed Jerome. And I, I think one of them is a girl, a teen girl with cancer. And then and then they, they have a romance. I, That's totally what it's about. I don't about. really know which one is going to play the Mandy Moore character. I don't know. But, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, this one, it's about, I think the real one is about uh, discussions about nuclear war, which... Of House. course, isn't relevant at all. No, because we're past that. Because we're not to worry yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> it's not even a stressor <laughs> anymore. It's not, we're so over that, right? I was, so I was talking about this with Bonnie Lewis of Drama Dogs because she is trying to choreograph a piece based on this book called Station Eleven. Mm. And Station oh, Eleven yeah, yeah. is uh, one of these post-apocalyptic right, kind of... And it's a theater of, group, I think. Right. right? It's a, it's a traveling around. theater group. They are an orchid. They call themselves the orchestra. And it's like they've cobbled together survivors from this mass plague epidemic that took down 90% of the world. And yeah. they travel around that. and they do Shakespeare and they play some you know some basic arrangements of music that they remember and so she's trying to put together a piece and she's like how do we convey you know that we are in a new era and it's like well I think just that thing that everybody is afraid of has happened whatever that is and I think that for a lot of people it's this sort of nuclear right the nuclear the nuclear end of days you know it doesn't have to be a plague it doesn't have to be an asteroid I think it's like a little bit the the thing that disrupts the world as you know it now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be man-made. I don't think it's going to be like, oops, we ran into another planet. Like, I think it's going to be like, oops, we fucked up the world. Bad yeah. enough that there's no yeah. coming back. So. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because that's basically the, the storyline of um, Mr. Burns and Electric uh, Play. Yes. Yes. Very similar. Well, very similar. But I haven't read Station Eleven yet. But I've it's good. I've been, I mean, it's it's not a play; it's a novel. But yeah, right. I can see why she'd be drawn to that story. Yeah, right now. So lots of whew, lots of lots of booms yeah. on the horizon, <laughs> on the theatrical horizon. Then if they're cooking that up, 
Anything else? Uh, this is kind of the the slow season before all the schools get started up again. Oh, we've got um, Trumpus Caesar. Trumpus Caesar. At UCSB. Have you heard oh, about this? no. Have you read about this? Well, I know that happened back east, but I didn't know now that was it's happening, happening at a lagoon near me. It is happening at a lagoon near you in the Studio Theater on August 24th at 6 p.m. And it's a free event, and it's a one-night-only Oh. So you should definitely come with me to that. Oh, okay. One night only. One night hmm. only. 6 p.m. Studio Theater, August 24th. We're going to do that and then go get drinks at the Imperial. Oh, yes. The Imperial. That's very dark. Moody. <laughs> very lovely place. Very moody. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think that um, if anyone out there is listening and has an event that's on the boards coming up and we don't know about it because we don't know everything, we only know what kind of hits our hemisphere yeah sometimes stuff sneaks up on us definitely um give us a holler us. Yeah. yeah email let us, us know post on our face page tweet at us tweet us theatrics sb oh and we have a special photo don't we have a photo that shows us at the rodeo we do we do so we'll, we're gonna put that up on the yeah. instagram we'll we'll ins- we'll gram that because <laughs> you can't wait for that because right? <laughs> you were all well, sitting we there were- going like thank god we can see what maggie's outfit actually looked like <laughs> finally i put an antique brooch in my hat did i just call it a brooch <laughs> a brooch how did that happen a i don't bro- know uh, what do you call the a- sparkling water that <laughs> LaCroix. LaCroix. Oh, I'm a LaCroix. Okay. You're a LaCroix. I'm a LaCroix. Okay. I'm a LaCroix unless I'm in Minnesota and then I'm a LaCroix <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, good good words, Maggie. Good words. Excellent work. I think we've expanded we've, our horizons of the history yeah. and... Yeah, more ways the to die on a horse. Yes. And oh. a sheep. And now a sheep. In, now and including sheep. Now including sheep. Now including sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Music today by Miles Austin, also produced by David Paris. Make sure you check us out on our Instagram, our Facebook page, our Twitter feed. Send us your questions. What would Hamlet do in this circumstance? We can tell you. We can consult on all things theatrical. We will answer any question any question you throw at us regardless of how ridiculous it is so hit us up on twitter theatrics sb instagram theatrics sb our website theatrics sb.com yeah you can see how we dress for the rodeo true story and if you want to come on the podcast and tell us about your your theatrical conundrums is that what we're calling them whatever or your show let's do that hit us up